welcome to Get the Facts Jacked. This is a weekly podcast from Jack County, Texas, sharing uh, factual information to the citizens of Jack County. I'm your host, Frank Hefner. The county judge is out and about working today, and so uh, we uh, we told him he wasn't going to get to do the podcast. So today I've got some very special guests with us, and um, three wonderful men that uh, usually don't get the recognition that they deserve so we thought we'd bring them in and kind of spotlight them a little bit and get them involved with uh, doing what uh, doing what they do best, talking and directing. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'm not sure how to take that, Frank, but let's, <laughs> let's go on anyway. Anyway, it's wonderful to have uh, Mr. Dwayne Milam with us, Jacksboro ISD superintendent, uh, Mr. Cliff Gilmore, the Perrin Witt Consolidated School District as superintendent, and then uh, also Greg London, Mr. Greg London with us from Bryson ISD. He's the superintendent. So uh, you know what happens when you get a bunch of superintendents in one room? Uh, well, somebody's going to talk money. That's just what's going to happen. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a big portion of what they, what they do, not only just directing schools, but uh, making sure that the schools are, uh, are running properly. And doing the right thing, and then uh, and then uh, taking, not necessarily taking direction from the board, but uh, listening to what needs to be done on the local level, and then trying to implement that and teaching our kids. And uh, these men just do not get the recognition that they deserve. They work hard, twenty four seven, and um, we 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 like the opportunity to give them an opportunity just to speak up and and to uh, and to come in and, and talk a little bit about what is happening around our around our school districts around the county. So uh, wonderful to have you men here and uh, uh, want to welcome y'all and uh, to be a part of our podcast and, and what a what a blessing it is to have you with us today. So uh, let me start here just a little bit while I've uh, break the ice a little bit. Uh, Mr. Milam, you're kind of you're used to coming in and visiting with us for a few minutes and just shooting the bull and uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll just kind of walk down the list and get each one of you to kind of introduce yourselves to our public. Absolutely. Let me, let me start by saying thank you for the for the kind words as we started today. Um, sometimes as a superintendent, we feel like we're in the witness protection program, and that's that's not all bad, but we do appreciate the, the kind words and the support that, that you've shared with us. Uh, this is year five for me in Jacksboro. Um, you're 29 as an educator. I didn't know that I would make it that long, but... Wow. Uh, it's, uh, that, it just goes by quickly. Uh, again, we moved here five years ago. Um, I had two daughters in school at the time. Both of my daughters are now Jacksboro graduates, and I could not be more pleased with that. And uh, have had, had the opportunity and continue to to serve with some outstanding teachers and educators. And it just it, it really makes it a lot of fun to come in each day. Um, and, and, and I have the opportunity to work with a fantastic school board and uh, – talk about the group that gets no thanks that's the group that just really doesn't right. get the appreciation that they deserve but but we're really blessed here to have a group that that works so hard to put the needs of our students and our staff first and i just i can't say enough about about what our school board with jacksboro isd does well, that's good maybe that'll get you a raise here before it's not my purpose that's <laughs> that, not my purpose but they do it yes that's that's true I, you know guys I, I serve on the school board darren bryson and and uh, you know um, i serve as the secretary of the board and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, they, a lot of people don't realize the long nights that are spent, mm. uh, around a table, uh, trying to do what is best for, for the district and for the students of that, of, of that district. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of times there's a lot of conversating and, and a lot of work that has to be done behind mm-hmm. it. And you guys do a lot of work behind the scene 
uh, before it's ever coming to the board. Uh, but while it's at the board table, you know, the board's trying to work on uh, helping make the decisions and what direction needs to, how it needs to flow. And sometimes we don't have that answer right immediately. So it takes a lot of work to get prepared for it. But uh, uh, let me just say thank you on behalf of a, of a personal board member for, for recognizing the board as well. I think a lot of superintendents take this same thing to heart. And, and my, the thing that I do, along with my administrative staff, we feel like we're in a service role right. uh, where the rubber meets the road in our school district is teachers working directly with kids. Right. And, and the more we can do to provide them the things they need to be successful in that endeavor, the more obstacles we can remove. That, that's what we're trying to do daily. Right. Good. Well, thank you, Mr. Milan. Appreciate that. Uh, Mr. Gilmore, how about tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I've been in the education business for 36 years, and uh, I actually was around when uh, Dwayne's first year, just right down the road from me, so I feel a little old. But uh, uh, I took the parent just my fifth year as a parent, and uh, really have enjoyed it. Uh, we got a, just as Dwayne says, we got a really strong school board, a uh, really strong community that really care about their, their school. And, you know, uh, we're doing things to, to try to in, try to improve the school, and, and our board works extremely hard with uh, myself and uh, as a team, and, and uh, I really enjoyed it there. Right. You know, um, as, as I sat back and, and I have watched our, all of our districts, especially within our county, it seems like there's a lot of, as we have seen in so many different areas, a lot of uh, camaraderie going on. That um, you know, we're not one district against another district. We're you know, we're here to educate this whole county together, and it's uh, wonderful to see that and uh, to see how how you guys work together. So, well, it is amazing. You know, like I said, I've known Dwayne for a long time, and I've also knew Greg at, right. at different places. So, uh, uh, you know, it seems like we have a, a really good working relationship with with uh, uh, all three all districts. Three. Yeah, it's good. I agree with that. Well, very good, Mr. London. Yes, sir. You're. Uh, this is your, I don't want to say your first year as a, as a superintendent, in but you're days, probably the youngest. Yes, in two days, it'll be two years two in Bryson years. officially on the job. But yeah, so just as your first question was a little bit about yourself, I was the son of a coach and a, my mom was a secretary, grew up in Vernon, Texas, uh, coached for 10 years, uh, was a principal for 12, and now I'm in my second official year at Bryson ISD. And I will say this, it has been a blessing to see the camaraderie. I think it's the top-down leadership in Jack County. You, you you hear a lot about Jack County this and that, and we're always included and incorporated in that. And, uh, it's been neat. Uh, love being from West Texas and being out there and enjoyed my time, gained a lot of experience, but this has been uh, definitely a, a neat deal for me and a learning experience. Uh, Dwayne is actually my mentor uh, we've been logging hours ever since I got here. Or I, <laughs> I need, thought that was a one-year assignment, but we're going <laughs> on year two. I just thought, holy two. cow. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it stops. But, yes, uh, definitely a transition. Uh, I'm sure both of these guys, they were principals or athletic directors in some form of leadership, but moving into that role, is, it's, it's, it, there's a learning curve that goes on. And, and, and right now is when I, I feel – you know, after two years, and Dwayne told me that, you know, yeah. you learn a lot in the first year, and after the second year, you realize what you didn't know when you started. But uh, really enjoyed it out here. I, I echo just what they said. Uh, we've got a great board in Bryson, uh, kids first. Um, you know, just a neat setup over there, uh, pre-K through 12 campus, all under one building, uh, uh, tight-knit family, right. and um, look out for each other. 
Well, you know, we, we have, uh, and I'll, I'll say this, and, and amongst all three of you guys here, because we've, we've sat around the table together on so many different areas and things we've discussed we thought we would never have to have a conversation about. Mm. But the time and days that we're living, especially in amongst the, um, uh, the pandemic and all that goes on, um, I, I, have to, I have to applaud you men for, um, for working as hard as you have along with your staff that um, and, and trying to keep the doors of our schools open, uh, especially during this time. And, and uh, uh, you know, the teachers have made concessions. The, the superintendents have made concessions. The administration has made concessions. And it's, you know, uh, you might think, well, it didn't work at this point. Well, we had to try things that we've never had to work mm-hmm. with before. And I'll tell you, there's a uh, – trial by fire on this and it, it it seems like that in the long haul that uh kids have been taken care of and they've worked hard and and once again i have to applaud you men for uh, for your leadership in in your respective areas of your school district to come and and be a part of the teams that we have brought together to to help do this and um all three of you men are are involved with that and i thank you for that on behalf of of uh, the emergency management office to um, leadership of the county and everything else. We want to thank y'all for that. So, we come in to talk just a little bit as we're as we're here uh, to kind of talk just to, about we've got uh, the eighty seventh legislature's already up and running, and there's a lot of there is a lot of bills that are being introduced. Uh, some that might affect our local districts, uh, some that won't. But in the process of that, they, they I think down the road. Whatever lawmakers do up in Austin, as it trickles down to to you guys on a local level, um, there are a lot of things as we said here today that that might step back and people wonder. Well, that sounds good on the surface of you know that bill's good, but in the long run, it might not be as good on the local level as what we what it sounds on the surface. Um, part of those bills are are is one that I will. I will bring up that I just kind of mentioned just real quick, and, and we'll just talk about this. There's a House bill that's introduced by uh, Representative Andrew Murr, and it's House Bill 59, and he's tried this before. But this bill aims to abolish school district maintenance and operation taxes. Um, I'd like for each one of you, if you don't mind, just kind of talk a little bit about what does the M&O budget do uh, around each one of y'all school districts? Um, we know that it's important as a board member. We know that it's important because that's one of the jobs as, as school boards is to set the uh, the tax rates and how we budget everything. You and you men work on that on a on a daily, if not a weekly basis, uh, on how the budget's moving and where the where the flexibility of money's going. Uh, that M and O operation is is a budget is important and it's vital to each one of y'all school districts. So. Um, one of y'all just take the lead on it real quick and just kind of talk on um, on those taxes and, and what would it do if this, if this bill came into effect to us right now? Well, when, when we set a tax rate, we're setting two tax rates, Frank, as you alluded to. INS is the, and again, in education, we're really bad about throwing out acronyms and things of that nature. So I'll spend a little bit of time describing that. INS stands for interest in sinking. Right. And uh, that's, the, that's the part that was approved by the voters in Jacksboro probably 13 years ago to build a new elementary school and to build a new high school. Right. So that's, 
anything that comes under the INS is used exclusively to pay off those notes for those two buildings. And the maintenance and operation is the larger portion, and that is our day-to-day operations. That's, that's the money that's, that's paying the electric bill. That's the money that's paying for, for the supplies that our students and staff are using. That's paying salaries. That's all of that day-to-day operation piece of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm all for lower taxes. I love the idea of, hey, let's figure out a different way to fund our schools from the state perspective. But there still has to be money coming in to, uh, to, to pay for those schools, to, uh, to hire those teachers. I've, I've never hired a staff member that would be okay not getting a check every month. Right. Um, I've never met an electric company that'd be okay if I skipped the electric payment for a month or two. So those things still have to be paid just like they do in each of our homes. So the, the thing where I think that bill is, is limited somewhat is that it doesn't offer a solution as to how those things would be paid for if the MNO tax portion went away. Right. You know, it's, it's always been, it's been huge and representatives and even senators will step in. And one of the things that they always present to, um, you know, to, to the residents of Texas, so to speak, is we want to lower your property taxes. We want to lower your property taxes, but they never give an idea of how are you going to pay for the services that are already rendering those taxes? Mm -hmm. And where does that replacement come in at? And, um, you know, every one of us sat around the table, we all have property that, you know, taxes that we pay ourselves. We don't want to pay that much. And, um, you know, but yet we need our, we need our kids educated. Um, you know, they have to be picked up uh, a lot of times and, and brought to the school. Um, and so that takes a lot of funding in order to get that done. So maintenance and operation covers that. Um, how would it affect you, Mr. Gilmore, whenever, you would see a bill like this and what would it do if it took you took away that well i'll tell you most of the time when i when the legislative meets i i, I kind of sit back and just uh take those bills with a, a big drink of water i, I really don't pay right. a lot of attention to them until they get towards the end and they gain a little speech you know right there just as Dwayne was saying you know that that sounds like a good bill but it it doesn't give us a a, a way to fund the schools, right. so i don't i don't see that really going anywhere uh, because we have to have schools and right. um, the, the public uh, uh, wants us to have schools and, and uh, so we're gonna uh, i think we're gonna continue operating uh, with funding of schools in some way uh, we as we mentioned before uh, you know we're, we're really concerned about this year's funding and, and how that's gonna come about and making sure that we're we're going to receive the funding that uh, we've been expecting and, and received last year, and uh, right. uh, with with COVID coming in and the uh, the the uh, economy down, that uh, the state is going to be um, really trying to find ways to to cut cut cut. And right. School districts is a big uh, you know a big part of the uh, state uh, budget. So and and, and keep in mind uh, in regards to that, the local. I guess one of the, whether if you call it a complaint or not a complaint, um, the funding of schools comes from a local level. It doesn't come majorly from the from the state. Am I correct about that? It, it's a split, and depending on your local property values, the lower your property values, the higher the portion that the state pays, and it works in inverse. As your local property values rise, the state portion decreases. Decreases. Yes. Sir. So it's a it's a it's a floating, it's a floating uh, formula. Yes, that sir. comes down th- uh, through the state. So, um, 
so in regards to that, Mr. London, what what do you think in in regards to this as 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 these other men have alluded, um, you know, not just affecting your district, but as well as how we fund um, the programs and all that goes on around our districts. Uh, the NMO takes care of, of much of that that cushion. I would just say that you know, <clears throat> if we can garner the trust and respect of parents and community members and, and believe that education is, is the true means in which we're going to create future leaders and, and good citizens and people. Uh, you know, swallowing taxes is a little bit easier. Uh, if we do a good job day to day, these kids go to a grandparent's house or they go home and they get asked how school. Uh, so just really maintaining a positive vibe and feeling about your school will make this more digestible when it comes to taxes. Uh, I'm, uh, they both covered it. They about nailed it, Correct. I guess. And what I would say is that if, if, if I read that, I would just really just kind of laugh and skim on until there's a true plan in place that would, I guess, supplant the money that's needed to run the school district. Uh, it is expensive venture, uh, but it's well worth it. Uh, and, I would just invite anybody to come into the school right. and, and see what's maybe not right now. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, when all yeah. this blows over. Of, yeah. So, there's, so, well, how, so let me ask a question in regards to some of our listeners uh, that we have um, and them not knowing what is the most important topics that legislatures need to address uh, for a local school district and making sure that our districts, um, still move forward, uh, that we have the state support, that we, you know, that it makes it easier for for teachers and educators uh, to take their children and to teach them and teach them properly and to help parents direct them and get them into adulthood. Um, what would that be? I mean, are we talking, uh, Mr. Milam, you mentioned about uh, retaining local control. Hit on that just a little bit and let's why is that so important? Well, the the voters in Jacksboro ISD, as they have in these other two districts, have, have elected seven men and women to lead that school district, to uh, set those policies, to set the goals, to set the overall vision of where a school district would be. And, and I have to believe that those who are living here, working here, understand the needs of the Jacksboro ISD student. And um, I, I don't know that... A, a representative or a senator in another part of the of the state, especially from the metropolitan area, truly understands the needs and constraints that we work within. Correct. Um, you know, I, th I think my number one bit of uh, nervousness as we go into this legislative session is I have a my, my board vice president's a, a candidate for House District sixty eight. Right. Uh, I certainly wish him the best, but man, that's a that's a pretty big blow to our school board. Uh, right. If he were to be elected, he can't serve in both roles. So. That may be the thing I'm most nervous about as this session begins. But in, on the side of that right now, normally if we have an issue come up like some of these bills that we're talking about, I would in the past call our, our, our House representative, which has been Drew Springer up until recently, and just voice my concerns. Well, right now we don't have that person to make that phone call to. Mm -hmm. um, so I, that's a little bit of a nervous point for me. But that's you know maintaining that local control and letting our folks who have been elected by the voters in Jacksboro make those decisions is a critical component for us. Right. You know, that's, uh, and, and I know sitting on the board, um, and I can just speak for myself. I can't speak for, as a board. I can just speak sitting at that table and hearing this is what you must do from a state level and hearing that 
that come at you where you cannot change it or you can't do anything different is 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 a punch in the gut a lot of mm-hmm. times because we understand that's not what's best for our schools sometimes, you know, in regards to that. And and it's difficult. It's mm-hmm. difficult to swallow. Mm-hmm. So, um, Mr. Wood, yeah, ahead. I was just going to reroute with what you started. It's it's the funding piece. Uh, that House Bill 3, the influx of money, uh, some of our 20-year teachers got a $9,000 plus race, mm-hmm. a substantial impact on their retirement and the hard work that they put into this. So just like Cliff alluded to earlier, there's a little bit of concern with the economy and if things are going to get slashed or cut, but um, we need good teachers. Uh, they really do make the difference mm-hmm. in, right. in a child's life and the future. And so <clears throat> just really important that we maintain the the, the funding levels that we're at that we can pay teachers the way we've been paying them and so that would be that would probably be tops on my list going into this session and then the other avenue is we're we're, we're working with the teacher incentive allotment you might hear TIA but it's and uh and that is creating a local designation system districts can do it many different ways and use an accountability piece and student growth or student um, help me Dwayne Student, student growth. Yeah, student growth, uh, progress monitoring, mm-hmm. cr- progress measures on the STAR test, and validate. And teachers who are great and are doing a wonderful job and seeing substantial growth every year with their kids, then they have an option to be put forth as eligible to, to earn more money than what they're doing. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot of studies that goes into, you know, is it the money or is it the occupation? And there's got to be a happy medium right. in our society when, when, when students are deciding what they want to be when they grow up. Because I sat down, at, I've been doing this little informal survey with, uh, they're probably about second graders and third graders who call it lunch club. And, and I'll sit down at the table and I'll ask them what they want to be when they grow up. The number one answer is teacher. Now you get rock star and zookeeper, (laughs) and I mean, you know, you'll get a lot of good things that'll make you smile. But the number one answer is, I want to be a teacher, and so it's cause for. I mean, it makes you think, and so I do feel like if if our if our country, state, local level, if we will stay behind the financial piece and support these people that dedicate their lives, these teachers, uh, we'll see the benefit. You know, and and I'll I'll agree I'll agree with you there. And um, I have to applaud our teachers all over um, the amount of time that they spend. They think that teachers just spend from eight to three thirty, you know, in the classroom just teaching. People don't recognize the the amount of preparation that goes in, especially when school's not in session of what they're preparing for. And um, we have to applaud our teachers, especially mm-hmm. that get in there and continue their education to keep teaching our kids. They do a wonderful job at it, um, Mr. Gilmore. What about what about the issue with accountability in in our schools? Well, I think that uh, accountability is uh, probably one of the top uh, concerns for for each year that it, every other year that we have our legislative sessions. Uh, uh, you know, this year we our, our school accountability has been waived, right. so we don't we're not having to. Uh, face that but we're still working hard to to try to uh, continue the success of our students and uh, seeing them uh, 
seeing them grow, and, and it's just a constant, I guess, give and take from state to local of, of, of how we go about that and what works best. And, right. As a, as a local parent, I will say I, I, I hope and on the state level through TEA or whatever the case may be that they would do those waivers for more than just one year. We, we this, this has hurt our schools, our teachers, and in so many different ways, our students. Of the, there's, there's a lot of work that's got to get done to get them back up to speed. And uh, I hope that accountability gets – not necessarily overlooked, but yet at the same time adjusted to uh, until we can till we can get back on track. It's going to take a few years to get us back on track. Yeah, I agree with that. The learning loss that 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 our students in Texas and in our entire country, for that matter, have experienced when we had to shut down in the middle of March for the remainder of that school year is substantial. We we did a lot of assessment as we began the school year just to try to gauge that. Right. And in, in so many cases, our teachers are having to teach about a year and a half's worth of content in one school year. They're having to go back and pick up those things that normally would have been taken care of in the in the springtime. Mm-hmm. Plus the old traditional summer slide, they always seem to regress a little bit in a couple of months we're out for summertime. We're having to pack all that into one school year. And then we, we heap on top of that our teachers trying to run their traditional face-to-face in-the-classroom instruction in addition, now we're having to run a separate remote learning system as well. It's Correct. just a lot. And I, a lot. I'm with you. I, I cannot say enough positive things about our staff and how they've taken that on. Um, you know, they may come in and vent a little bit of frustration here and there, but those, those students won't know that. They're working to provide the best they can for, for our students daily. I know, and, and I'm, I can just speak. I can just speak on behalf of what I do see. Um, I know down in the Bryson area, uh, we've got teachers that are up there Saturdays and Sundays. You think it's just coaches that are, but teachers are up there getting things ready. They're up there through the night, you know. They're plus they still have home life that you know mm-hmm. that they're trying to get worked up. But there is a lot that goes on around our teachers that I have to applaud them. And uh, uh, it, I would like for you men, I don't know if they don't get this, but go back and let them know that there's a. I know there's somebody that that uh, that, that appreciates what they do, and uh, they need to continue to keep pressing forward so um uh, greg you brought up the deal with hold harmless yes i believe if i'm speaking about that correctly is that our attendance is down this year uh you know with remote learning and if a student has to be engaged a percentage of the class period and show progress and work and there's some elements that go into remote learning that require you to receive a check and that that student was in class today. And so right now we're about two percentage points down from what we typically run. Um, and I believe we got promised back in the fall that we were going to get a three-year average and you know do the best you can, document what you're doing, and that our funding would be reflective of a three-year average. And so now I believe the last thing the commissioner said was just relax. It's going to be fine. We're going to take care of you. Uh, so that was initially, it was just, I think the first two, six weeks. And so here we are, February, we're still experiencing, I mean, it's a little better, but two percentage points is a big deal in school finance. Um, uh, I don't know how many thousands of dollars that is in funding, but you know, we have to get kids in seats and the state minimum to receive credit is 90% attendance. Well, that's terrible attendance. Right. And if your attendance is that, it's going to reflect in 
from a business standpoint from the state. So they require us to to create a situation which kids are learning in that school. And so, you know, we're down two percent two two percentage points and um just hoping that we get taken care of and that promise holds true that uh we're doing what we think's best for our system and our funding will will, uh, will come from the state like it uh, is supposed to. Supposed to. Good. Well, um, well, Mandy, is there anything else y'all would like to share with, with the audience uh, and uh, uh, maybe something on each one of your own personal school districts that you'd like to just share real quick and, and uh, we can move from there? No, no, that's no, all. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let, let me, me add out. let me add a little bit to what, what Greg was talking about on the um, on the attendance rate, and that that is a, a big driving force in in our school funding. Um, our, our our attendance rate is actually a little bit up this year, and I'm not trying to throw shade toward Bryson in any way, but ours ours is up a little bit. But where we're seeing a, a little bit of a drop is in our actual enrollment. Right. Uh, our enrollment's down a little bit in our pre-K from what it was a year ago, and it's down a little bit in kinder from what it was a year ago. And and, and I get it. There there are some parents that, as we started the year in the midst of a, of the COVID pandemic, just weren't sure that it was a safe place to send their kids. So that's another part where the hold harmless that that, that Greg's talking about comes into play. Um, I've I've been a long proponent of instead of basing our funding on our attendance rates, I'm more of a proponent of basing that funding on an enrollment factor. And, and if you think about it, we, we take the number of, let's say, let's say second grade students, and we have to, we, we see how many students we have, we divide that by 22, which is our maximum number mm-hmm. of students in one classroom, and we have to then hire a certain number of teachers based on that. Well, that becomes a fixed cost for us. It's a little bit of a fixed overhead. Right. And if, if five kids are absent today, we aren't receiving state funding on those students today, yet I still have to have all of those teachers hired to to in case they in do case show they up do, right. and and the the electric cost is the same that day the air conditioning is still gonna have to run if i've got 15 or 20 in the classroom so that's something and i think there has been a bill that's been that's been filed i'm not sure if it's in the house or senate side that does does approach it from that regard so that that's something that i would hope at some point would gain a little traction yeah, good deal good deal well i know i know speaking around this courthouse uh, a lot of times we we sit back and we talk about um the preparation and the planning for population growth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and that's something else that you guys have to look at as well is about, okay, where am I going to be at in, in a year, two years, five years down the road? And where do we find the element to, to teach our kids? And so, um, I, I know that's always on the back of y'all's mind and it's not just who's showing up during the, you know, on the first day of school, you're having to prepare well into advance you know, where are we going to be at within a mm-hmm. year or two and uh, and get that preparation going. And uh, Mr. Gilmore, I'm thinking that down in your area, you're fixing to uh, hopefully within a few years see a, see a big population boom. And I don't know if it'll be kids or not, but it's going to be families coming in. Yeah, we, we've had uh, uh, grow, uh, quite a bit of growth in uh, housing development around preparing a uh, 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 city of Perrin or town of Perrin, but uh, – uh, but it's within our school district, right? So, so we're going to see how that goes and, and see what what uh, see what happens. What numbers? Uh, how they? We've had a steady uh, decline in enrollment over the last ten years. Not not a huge amount, but it has steadily declined. But uh, what I've been hearing in the, in the things that have been happening around there, I expect that to turn and, and maybe 
start seeing start a, seeing a growth. Of, good deal. We're just not really sure how fast. Correct. Uh, but, but we do have to start planning for mm. for that growth and right. be prepared for it. Well, um, well, once again, um, if you men have anything else you want to, oh, I was going to say, Frank, if if you'd ask, you know, if you could have looked into the future in you know February second when we started, you know, when we were planning for the opening of school in August the first, and we're getting ready for this thing, uh, just the unknown and all the factors that went into it, I would. Our teachers have been resilient. Our kids have been resilient. Uh, you know, it, it's been way better than what I felt like it was going sure. to, to how it was going to go. And so really proud of, and I'm sure these guys feel the same way, but it was, it's, it's just, I had, I had no idea. And it's like, we have had a really good year uh, right. considering the circumstances. Very hard on the teachers. I'm sure it's hard on the parents uh, and and the students, uh, but they have really stepped up and um, been amazing. Right. Well, good deal. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate your time. I thank you all for coming and and uh, just taking out of your day. I know you're busy, um, and I you just don't realize how much I appreciate the time that y'all would come and just share some of your. Um, so some of your information with us, and as we, we move forward, I want to tell you that um, I know from this this t- standpoint, um, we we support you, and uh, we we're here to help you in any way we possibly can. And um, and if if there's ever anything that we know we can do from you for um, from the emergency management side all the way to to the county level. Um, you know, all you have to do is just pick up the phone and call, and uh, we're here for you, and we support you, and uh, for the education of our kids. And I just want to thank you all for coming and being a part with us today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank Thank you, man.